Chapter 13 Wasn't it Journey to the Bottom of the Sea? Marco asked. No, it was Voyage, Jake confirmed. Journey sounds better, Marco said. Jake sighed. Hey, time marches on, right? We're in a hurry. What are you thinking, Cassie? Calamari, she said with a grin. Snails? I said, frowning. I am not in favor of snails, Axe said. Wait, that's not... Cassie said loudly. I had the misfortune to inadvertently eat one while feeding, Axe continued. I did not see it in time. I stepped on it and digested it. You ate a snail through your hoof? I asked. That picture temporarily replaced the image of me being squished to the size of a Barbie doll on the ocean floor. Yes, and the meat portion was fine. However, once the snail's body had been digested, the shell was very difficult to... Okay, I think that's probably enough about snails, Jake said. Yeah, especially since calamari does not mean snail, Cassie pointed out. Escargot means snail. I was talking about... I have an idea. Let's all stick to speaking English, Tobias grumped. Squid! Cassie yelled suddenly. The birds in the trees around us fell silent. So did we. Until Tobias said, Uh-huh. Calamari is octopus, not squid. Oh, who cares? Cassie cried. Squid! We can morph a giant squid! Giant squid dive really deep. And they have arms, so we could maybe get into the Pemolite ship. I met Marco's gaze. Why didn't she just say that to begin with? Could have saved a lot of time, Marco agreed, playing along. What does any of this have to do with your Captain Nemo? Axe wondered. Cassie threw up her hands. It's a book! Journey to- Aha! Uh-huh. It was Journey! I mean- Voyage to the bottom of the sea, Cassie grated. Captain Nemo was attacked by a giant squid. Who won? Marco asked. Wait a minute, I said. It wasn't journey or voyage. It was 2,000 leagues under the sea. Jules Verne. Cassie looked like she might strangle me. Then she said, Oh, yeah, Voyage was a TV show. They run it on the Sci-Fi Channel. I thought it was on Nick at Night, Marco said. At which point, everyone started giggling. Someone call the Chi and tell them that they're doomed, I said. Their only hope is a collection of idiot kids standing around in the woods debating cable channels. We are in a hurry, Jake said, tapping his wrist where a watch would be. So, what about Giant Squid? Where do we find one to acquire? Cassie shook her head, suddenly glum. I don't know. I hate to say this. But I'm pretty sure there aren't any in captivity. Well, then that's not very helpful, is it? Marco said. Cassie shrugged. No. And it's not like we can go dolphin and find one. The only thing that eats giant squid is the sperm whale. Pretending to be more nonchalant than I felt, I said. Okay, so we acquire a sperm whale, dive down, and grab us a big squid. Cassie shook her head. No sperm whales in captivity. There never have been. There has to be a way, Jake said, but he sounded doubtful. Anyone have any suggestions? 
No one did. You're kidding, I said. That's it? We're beat? We have till 10 p.m., Jake said. What's that? Eight hours? Not exactly enough time to go whale hunting. Cassie? She held up her hands, helpless. That was my one idea. Squid. The Pemelite ship is just too far down. And time is too short, I said. The alternative is trying to bust into that nuclear facility and get that chi out. The safe is too strong for us. And one other huge problem. The guards there are normal humans, as far as we know, Jake said. We can't exactly go busting in and just kick everyone's butt. Anyway, that only solves the problem of that one chi, Marco pointed out. What about the others? We can't just leave them sitting around as stiff as lawn ornaments. But in the end, it looked like that was our only choice. We broke up and headed home with no hope. It was depressing. I mean, we'd messed up missions before, but we'd never been lame enough to fail before we'd even started. Now that she would be lost, and the Yurks would possess technology that would stump even Axe. Atmospheric pressure, our own Earth force, had beaten us. Cassie headed toward her farm. Jake and Marco headed toward Eric's to tell him the bad news. Tobias and Axe melted back into the woods. I walked home alone. Chapter 14 My neighborhood looked normal. Kids playing street hockey, adults sweeping driveways, gossiping about the gorilla who'd been at the mall. And by the time the news van arrived, the gorilla was already gone, one woman said. Somebody said they saw him abduct a child, the other woman said nervously. I'm afraid to let my kids out of my sight. I kept my face carefully blank as I passed, but inside, my heart was pounding. A news van had shown up? Had they found out anything? Had they tracked our movements somehow? Were Jake and Marco walking into an ambush at Eric's? I started to jog, then to run. I bolted across my front lawn and into the house. I'm home, I yelled, slamming the door behind me. I was beginning to think you'd been abducted by this so-called gorilla haunting the mall, my mother called. And now on the news there's something about an elephant at a flop house? Yeah? Elephant with drug problems? I said, entering the kitchen. My mother had half the table covered in legal papers. The other half was set for dinner. I grabbed the phone and dialed Jake's house. Let it ring thirteen times. Hung up. Called Marco. Got his answering machine and hung up. What now? Did you hear about the gorilla who was riding an elephant into some abandoned house? My sister Jordan asked, switching on the TV. Shut it off, Jordan, my little sister Sarah whined. You know we don't watch TV while we eat. But they're gonna show the gorilla on the news, Jordan said, blocking the TV so Sarah couldn't touch it. Mom! Sarah, watching TV this once won't hurt anything. Now sit down and eat, my mother said absently, shuffling through her papers. This is the last weekend I have to prepare this case, and I'd appreciate your cooperation. Yeah, Jordan said, smirking at Sarah. You're ugly when you do that, Sarah said. Look, here's the story, I interrupted, pointing at the TV as the familiar front of the mall covered the screen. 
In local news, a publicity-seeking gorilla kicked up quite a stir at the mall today, the anchorman announced. Some say the primate was an actor promoting a soon-to-be-released movie. Others, however, insist it was a real gorilla. The camera flashed to the sales kid at Spencer's Gifts. I caught my breath. Sure, I saw it, the kid said, shrugging. It was just some guy in a shoot. No big deal. But he dropped a lava lamp on my head. What about the rumors that it had abducted a child? The reporter asked solemnly. The kid laughed. Look, we get all kinds in here, like folks into alien abductions. We got a lot of college kids, too. So you think it was a fraternity prank? The reporter asked. The kid shrugged again. Probably. The camera flashed back to the studio. Adding to this mystery is that all of the security cameras malfunctioned while the gorilla was in the mall, so there is no videotape for police to review. However, there have been no reports filed in connection with any missing children, and police deny reports that a bust at a stolen goods warehouse turned up a small zoo full of exotic animals. Man, I'm never around when the good stuff happens, Jordan complained, plopping down at the table. Burritos. Yum. My stomach growled, and I started eating. I snagged two volumes of our ten-year-old encyclopedia and started reading as I ate. The volumes covered the SQ and WH entries, Squid and Whale. So there really was no videotape. Good. No problem. But wait. We'd taken a bus home. What about the bus driver? If the Yurks got him, they'd tap into his memories and know exactly who we were and where we'd gotten off the bus. I shut the encyclopedia, and I almost missed the next news story. The entire town is trying to save a 59-foot whale that beached itself off the coastline less than 15 minutes ago, the anchorwoman chirped. This is the first marine mammal stranding in the town's history. Let's go live to the scene. The burrito lodged in my throat. I swallowed hard. The reporter was standing on the beach, and behind him was a massive, wrinkled wall of whale. I didn't hear much of what the reporter was saying. Something about volunteers and the whale surviving. What kind of whale is that? I croaked. My mother glanced up from her paperwork. Hmm? Oh, they just said it was a sperm whale. And then the camera zoomed in, and suddenly the whale and I were looking straight at each other. His dark, solemn gaze locked onto mine. I pushed back my chair. This was no coincidence. Someone or something wanted us out there bad, and was willing to sacrifice a whale to do it. Aren't you going to finish your dinner? My mother asked as I grabbed the phone. I'm not hungry, I said, punching in Cassie's number. Hi, I said when she answered. What are you doing? I just came in from the barn, she said. Why? I chose my words carefully. We never trust phones. Well... We were just watching the news, and they had some bizarre stories about a gorilla tearing through the mall, and a sperm whale beached down at the shore. Weird, huh? How come we always miss all the interesting stuff? A sperm whale, she said slowly. Uh-huh. Well, it's a shame, but there's nothing we can do about it. We already have plans for tonight. Oh yeah, I know, I said, and then, in case anybody was listening, added, 
You're going to learn how to cartwheel if it's the last thing I do. She laughed. Sure. See ya. I hung up and yelled that I was going to Cassie's. My mother barely looked up from her paperwork. Sometimes having a busy mom is a good thing. I walked out into the evening, steaming. Someone was playing games with us. Someone was treating us like a bunch of sock puppets, jerking us around. I was mad, but it was a cold anger. A calm, cold anger. We'd see who jerked who. Chapter 15 I went around to the back of the house and slid into the shadows between the hedges and the fence, pulled off my running shoes, jacket, and jeans, concentrated on my bald eagle morph. Instantly, I felt the changes begin. I was falling like an elevator with a snapped cable. My bones crunched, hollowing out and remolding themselves. Sprout! Wings burst from my back. My face shifted and bulged. My chin slid away and my nose stretched, hardening into a fierce, deadly beak. Feathers etched a tattoo pattern on my skin, then rose and formed dappled layers. My vision sharpened. The eagle brain wanted to hunt. It wanted to eat. Get a grip, Rachel. Think about what you have to do. And suddenly, my mind was clear. I spread my wings and took off. First, I had to get to Eric's to make sure Marco and Jake hadn't walked into an ambush. Just because the news hadn't mentioned our bus driver didn't mean the Yurks hadn't found and questioned him. Aha! Down below, Marco and Jake stepped out of Eric's and closed the door. Hey guys, it's me! I called, dipping a wing when they glanced up. Listen, a live sperm whale washed up on the beach. We have to acquire it. Be at Cassie's as soon as possible. I knew they couldn't answer me in thought speak, so I drifted above them for a few minutes, watching for a sign. And I got one as soon as Jake turned down one street, and Marco turned down a different one. Okay, Jake, you have to go home first? I asked. He nodded and walked faster, broke into a jog. Marco was morphing behind someone's shed. I flew as fast as I could to Tobias's meadow. He saw me coming and listened as I told him about the whale. I'll get axe, he said. You know, this is bull, Rachel. We need a sperm whale, and all of a sudden we have one? I don't think so. I veered off and headed back toward the barn. Cassie was perched in a wild cherry tree waiting for me, already morphed to Osprey. Marco, an Osprey morph, landed nearby. Gee, can we all spell coincidence? Somebody wants us to get to that Pemolite ship. I said. Or die trying, Marco added grimly. A red-tailed hawk and a northern harrier drifted into view. Where is Prince Jake? Axe asked. He had to stop home first, Marco replied. His parents were expecting him. He has to weasel out somehow. Jake showed up twenty minutes later. You'll all appreciate this little update. The sharing is sending volunteers down to help save the whale. You know, what with TV cameras being there. Gives them a great opportunity to be saintly and environmental and all. So the place was going to be crawling with controllers. Maybe that's it. Maybe not. Cassie said. They may think it's one of us. We're being manipulated here. Jake said. But not by the Yurks. 
Not even they can arrange for a sperm whale to conveniently beach itself. They could shoot one, but talk a live one into beaching? Not their style. So who? Who goes to all the trouble to get the Pemolite ship, use it to mess with the chief, and then hand us the means to get down there? Tobias wondered. Not the Yurks. Not the Elemist. Not his style. So who? Or what? Marco said. Come on, let's go, Jake said. Just everyone keep your eyes open. This whole thing stinks. We may not have long, Cassie said. Beached whales can't support their weight on land. They end up crushing themselves to death. That whale is slowly suffocating. I felt a shiver of fear. Suffocating. The whale was suffocating. A whale, beached so we could acquire it. A pawn in someone's game. Expendable. Not if I could help it. Let's do it, I said. Hello, Phantomorphs, and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs auditory experience. As always, this is your host, Daniel. Uh, not too much this week. Uh, I am also a little... Um, Life's been a little busy right, uh, this week, so I don't got too much going on uh, in terms of show notes, but I do have some messages that are very nice. So, uh, let's read those. This one came in through uh, my website contact form. That's theapocalypse.com. The Apocalypse, like Apocalypse, but with a D in the middle. Uh, and this is from uh, Eli, who writes in and says, Thank you. I have found this in a binge of podcasts. I was, I was too poor as a child to read these. I waited 16 years now. I waited 16 years. Now I can feel, uh, like, now I feel like if I can complete this series, I can finally complete a part of my childhood I was robbed of. You are an inspiration. I have two adopted kids that I try to be an example for. My nephews. We are still not rich, but we have so much more than I did growing up. And you are my voice, and you are my voice in my ear all day, all day. I believe one day the Andalites will come, but until then, we fight. Sorry if that was a little uh, choppy reading. Uh, for whatever reason, I, I feel like you had punctuation in here that did not get uh, transcribed properly. So it was kind of one big run-on sentence when I got it, and so I was trying to parse that out uh, as I read it. But thank you so much for writing in, Eli. I'm so glad you're enjoying this. I'm glad you get to finish um, this piece of your childhood now. Uh, very cool. Thank you so much. I also have a review, a brand new review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can leave me one of those too on Apple Podcasts. I don't know how that works. Um, app, I, I find Apple products very difficult because I don't own an iPhone. Um, but uh, this is by Danny the Demon who says, love this so much. I'm only on book five, but I've been loving this book series I missed out on as a kid. And also Daniel's weekly personal updates. Can't wait to listen to everything so far. Well, uh, when you hear this in however many weeks, Danny, thank you for leaving me a review. I appreciate that. Uh, that's all I've got. If you'd like to send in a message, you can do it through that website. You can write a review like Danny did, or you can, of course, uh, reach me also on Tumblr. Actually, hold on. Hold that thought. I do have a Tumblr message as well. I simply forgot because, again, I've got a lot on my mind this week. Um, but we do have one more message. It is on Tumblr. That is, uh, audiomorphscast.tumblr.com. And this is, of course, our buddy Willis, who writes in saying, All cops are yurks. 
all cops are controllers. I don't know. There's something there. Um, hmm. I guess because it's an occupying Imperial force, this does apply. Uh, hmm. Let me, let me think about that one. Maybe all controllers are cops or all cops are con... No, that doesn't work then because, hmm. I, I see the intent here, but I, I think you'd have to like, cause you, it's not, you, you've switched the bastard for Yurk and I don't think it works then because then we're stating that all cops are an alien parasite or controlled by an alien parasite. And I don't think that, um, works or like means anything. So we, the, the part that needs to be replaced then is cops, even though I know the comparison here is that Yurks are like cops. Um, much to consider. I, that needs some, that needs some workshopping, I think. That needs some workshopping. But, um, I do see, I do see where you were going with that. <laughs> so thank you for writing in, Willis. Um, that's again, audiomorphscast.tumblr.com. And, uh, finally, there is the Gmail. That's audiomorphscast at gmail.com. Uh, and then also, I guess, Twitter. That's at audiomorphs, which is, uh, where I post if I'm ever late. I was almost late with this one, but got to it. So we're good. Uh, um, thank you all for listening, and I will see you all next week. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight. <laughs>